It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show. The place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. And I don't know about you, but this week it's just flying by as we near this big-time, primetime game, and we've already met the Rams, so it's time for us to have our weekly game preview episode. Now, this is your host, Will DeWitt, and to help me preview this week's Bears-Rams game, I have both of my Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, right here with me. And brothers, I don't think we've had all three of us on show at the same time since uh, Thanksgiving, so it's good to obviously finally have the band back together. I want to know, how's it going, guys? It's going good. It's been been too long. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Nick? Yeah, it's it's going well, and it's a big matchup, like you said, so I'm excited. I've been excited all week. I just want Sunday night to actually get here, so let's, let's get it rolling. Well, hold on a minute. I have one question <laughs> for you guys, because this week, uh, not only is it Bears-Rams, which is a game like I talked about on our Meet the Rams episode that we've all circled all year long, but it's also the first week of fantasy football playoffs. So I was curious, in any of your leagues, did you make the playoffs? I think I made it in like one of six. So I got, well, I draft <laughs> two of six, two of six, because I drafted one for my girlfriend. So she made it, obviously. And then I made it in one of them. And then all the other ones, uh, they didn't go so well. So there's what was, that. What was your biggest mistake in fantasy? Was it drafting Bell over and over again? Uh, I drafted Bell in one of them, and that that's the league I think I want. I have like one win. We're we're all in that league, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that would be my biggest mistake. What about you, B? I don't know how many leagues you're in, but I was just curious here. Uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in four, which is about the amount of years that I haven't done fantasy football this year. I get in four oh. leagues, so that's something like weird. But uh, I fell short uh, 
in the staff league it was the one that I had the highest hopes for. And then if I had played someone other than Taylor Gabriel, I would have beat uh, one of our writers and I could have could have been close to making it in because there were a bunch of us like seven and five or something like that going into it. Yeah, that's the one where Nick has one win. I'm sitting here pretty second overall there at like 10 and three. So I'm very excited. I'm in the playoffs in a couple of ours that we do with our fans, our listeners. So uh, hopefully we win so we don't have to send out any free gear. I'm kidding. If you're listening and you finish in second, I'm still going to send you some gear. But uh, all right, guys, we have a lot to preview, obviously. Uh, so this is a game, again, everyone, Bears fans, Rams fans, everyone's really looking forward to it. And given the Bears' success this year, it's really hard to not take that level of excitement up just another notch. So you guys are ready to jump right in, right? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, so let's go ahead and begin this week's preview with a discussion on the Bears' offense. Uh, they're going to be going up a very good Rams defense, and I think there's really no other place to start this conversation other than, of course, Mitchell Trubisky returning from his shoulder injury. He's been a full participant in practice this week, and both he and Coach Nagy have expressed confidence that True will be under center this Sunday night. Now, obviously, his return is going to be a huge boost for this offense. You know, thank you to Chase Daniel for your time and your service for two weeks, but it's time to get our quarterback back in Trubisky. Now, my question to start off our conversation today for you guys is how does Trubisky's return actually impact the Bears this week as his presence, I think, is going to make, of course, the unit much more effective, more along the lines of the offense we saw earlier this year. Uh, So now that we're getting back to 100% on offense, Nick, what do you expect from Trubisky in his return? Yeah, so I mean, just looking at last week and what Chase Daniel was and really wasn't able to do, missed a lot of throws, was incapable of escaping pressure, and just made some overall bad throws. So with Trubisky coming back, even though he had that right shoulder injury, I'm expecting him, yes, to be a little rusty, but he brings that that extra factor, that escapability that Chase Daniel really didn't have. And so in a game where you have Aaron Donald, right in front of you, only only an offensive lineman is separating you from Aaron Donald, you best believe he's going to have to use that escapability at some point in this game. But that's really what Mitch Trubisky brings, that, that element to where you can extend plays, hopefully find your receivers who also adjust. But that's the biggest thing, and that's what the Bears are really missing last week in their loss against the Giants. Absolutely, and I think another area that he kind of will bolster this group. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. With this offense is more on the intangibles, and that's going to be the confidence that this group is going to play with now because I think Trubisky, as you can tell on the sidelines over the last two weeks, you can tell he was eager, wanting to get out there, doesn't like having to watch some of these games, which kind of goes back to some of his comments that he made during the pressers throughout this week, um, that he likes to be out there with his guys. He doesn't like uh, to have to sit there and watch his team play without him. So he's going to come back uh, with a chip on his shoulder, a little bit of an extra energy around him. Of course, this is a game where... Uh, he's been looking forward to proving it on the national stage, of course, going up against one of the one of, if not the best team in the entire NFL right now in the Rams. So uh, for me, Trubisky coming back with confidence, with a little added spark, I think that's going to trickle over to his playmakers. They're going to want to show out for his for their quarterback, go up there. And I think with them playing with Chase Daniel, I think for a week, you're like, all right, we can do this. No problem. Then the next week. You might get a little frustrated because, you know, you're leaving plays on the table without Trubisky. So now with Trubisky out there, 
I anticipate them wanting to go out there and put together a very sound game in all phases of the offense. Uh, so for me, it's going to be more of the intangibles. But I agree with you, Nick, when you're talking about this capability. Uh, with Aaron Donald, that's going to be a very critical component. If he can manage to uh, avoid that pressure at all costs, it's going to really help our offense have any chance of succeeding on Sunday night. Uh, what about you, B? I'm curious. What challenges do you think Trubisk is going to encounter this week against that Rams defense? Well, you guys brought up Aaron Donald. He's a challenge regardless what quarterback's out there uh, as far as a pass rush goes. And what, what he brings as far as uh, kind of combining what you and Nick said regarding uh, the escapability and the intangibles, he's good at throwing on the run. Like, he's just naturally been good at that. So, you know, I imagine that's something you can teach, but it comes to him a little bit more naturally. So they can move the pocket. Uh, Matt Nagy can scheme some different things up to be able to get Mitch out of that immediate pressure if Brian Woodsman struggles. Uh, but I mean, also too that let's not forget about the Rams secondary. They've got a pretty decent secondary back there too, especially with uh, Akeem Tlaib coming back. It looks like uh, I'd seen an article about an hour ago that says he's expecting to suit up. So he's got some veteran guys back there in the secondary he's going to have to compete against too. But the Bears also have some pretty uh, good weapons on their side as well to be able to combat that. So I'm really interested to see what this matchup is going to play out like. Absolutely, and I'm also curious to see exactly how much they're going to blitz Trubisky because defenses have had success when sending extra pressure with, of course, Trubisky under center. And honestly, that's going to depend on what kind of pressure they can generate with a four-man rush. But the reason why I'm curious is because the Rams have not had any success this season when they blitz. They actually give up the league-worst pass rating when blitzing at 127.1. So for me, curious to see exactly how often they want to blitz Trubisky, if they're actually going to bring that element. Wade Phillips is going to bring that element to the table. Um, but regardless, if they blitz or they don't blitz, they have the ability to put pressures on quarterback uh, consistently. I've actually lead the NFL with pressures on 36% of dropbacks this year. So again, uh, Trubisky's ability to handle that is going to be very crucial. All right, so we all know that one of the key components this week uh, for success, and we've all mentioned the name, Aaron Donald, 16 and a half sacks this season, leads the NFL. Nick, what's the best plan here to mitigate his impact? Is it going to be double teaming? I think we're going to see a lot of that. Moving the pocket, a combination of the two, a quick passing game. I'm curious your thoughts of how you would mitigate Aaron Donald's impact Sunday night. Yeah, so I actually thought about it. I did, I looked into this um, because I think this is going to work, and I'm going to get paid millions of dollars to be an offensive coordinator. My <laughs> proposal, I looked at Aaron Donald's 40-yard dash, all right? Four, six, eight, fastest. Of course, he's the fastest D tackle in that class, of course. But if you line up Trubisky 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and have him have to run, hopefully a little block takes a little bit longer. The only bad thing, you would have to throw 41 yards a game, one yard. But granted, Aaron Donald's not going to disrupt the play. Honestly, there's no way of stopping this guy. He's going to get his – he's going to do what he does. He's going to make his swim moves. He's going to use his – his power, speed, anything that you want in a defensive lineman, he has it. So to stop Aaron Donald, it's going to take chips from not only your tight ends, from your tackles, but from your running backs, and then just get the ball out quick. That's what the Bears have been doing with Khalil Mack when, uh, against Khalil Mack. That's what you almost got to do with Aaron Donald. He's that good of a player. 16 and a half sacks speaks for itself, and he's just so consistent with his craft. It's not where you see him blow up one play. Give it a couple other plays. He will do exactly the same thing. I saw him against the Lions last week where they have a double team on him. He splits a double team, is able to push back the guard, and then is able to make Matthew Stafford fumble. The Rams are covered. That's how good of a player he is, that impactful. So it's not about stopping Aaron Donald. It's about, like you said, trying to mitigate the damage, which no one's really been able to do this season because he's gotten 16 and a half sacks already. So there's really no good 
I guess, plan in trying to stop Aaron Donald. Just cross your fingers and hope for the best. Yeah, I, I have in here. Uh, let's see. I have they need to chip with their tackles, running backs, and ask for Jesus. So, I mean, there's there's a lot in there that you need to do for Aaron Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. No, absolutely. He's been a monster, and there's a reason why uh, he's been heavily talked about as a potential you know, leading candidate for the defensive MVP, and not even the league MVP this year, which is just crazy uh, for a defensive tackle to do that. But, of course, Aaron Donald, what a world-class talent he has, uh, presenting a great challenge for us this week uh, in terms of our offensive line. Uh, but Brandon, you are Mr. Trenches, and uh, I know that we've talked a lot on Aaron Donald, so I want to kind of shift the focus over to some of the other matchups. What are those under-the-radar matchups that you're kind of paying attention to that our listeners should know about heading into this game? Drog, you guys remember here, I'm sure you guys remember Dom Sue, right? He played for the Lions, was in the division, so that's one that I'm looking at as well because he's going to go up against uh, a struggling uh, Brian Woodsman or James Daniels from time to time uh, throughout this game, and it's going to be up to Cody Whitehair to kind of have to help because they're going to have to know where Aaron Donald's at, so that way the offense, the offensive lineman that's on the side that Aaron Donald's on is going to have to be able to help on that side. And if Sue lines up closer over top of Cody Whitehair, then he's going to have to really face him one-on-one, and that's not really a matchup uh, I guess I'm all that favorable for. Cody Whitehair is a very good uh, center, not saying anything bad about that, but it's just uh, and Dom can sue one-on-one with anybody as long as he's not taking the playoff. Um, he's just a big-bodied guy that can, can create some havoc. We've seen him before in the past. He hasn't done it so much recently. Uh, but that's something that I'm really looking for is how big of an impact is he going to make in the pass rush because he's just a big body that's going to soak up a lot of runs as well. So uh, it's really going to come down to the, the guards really stepping up and having to chip in and help Sue uh, help block Sue as well with Cody Whitehair, regardless which end he lines up on here. Yeah, because I think the focus should be in the interior here with Sue and Donald because even though uh, Ibukum and Fowler Jr., uh, they're serviceable edge players who can generate some pressure. I do think Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey should be able to hold them you know, fairly well throughout the majority of the game. So for sure, the biggest focus is going to be with the interior of the Bears um, offensive line this Sunday night. Now let's go ahead and take a look at some of the matchups between our playmakers and the Rams secondary because they're a unit that is 17th against the pass, allowing 249 passing yards per game. They had six receivers go off for 100-plus on them, including two receivers, uh, Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill. Uh, they each had over 200 yards receiving on this defense. So obviously the Rams are prone to allowing receivers to have big days. Now as a unit, they've allowed seven touchdowns to opposing receivers in the last four games. Now, of course, that does take into consideration that huge game with Kansas City, which scored over 100 points in that single game between the two teams. But uh, Nick, I want to go to you first. Uh, what are you kind of looking at in terms of these matchups through the year, uh, the ones that you're paying attention to, and are there any that you like in our favor? Yeah, so the one matchup, are, there are a couple that I do like, but I think Trey Burton versus John Johnson third, uh, their safety is a, a matchup that the Bears can definitely exploit. Look, last week against uh, the Lions, the, the Rams didn't do a very good job uh, guarding their tight end, and he was able to exploit them really on the deep post route in the middle of the field, where that is where the weakness is in that Rams defense, right behind the linebacker and they usually have a single high safety but for the most part that was open for the Lions and I think that matchup Trey Burton who didn't have a single catch last week against the Giants this is going to be a great game on Sunday night to be able to have that bounce back game and against a safety that was capable or not capable of guarding that that deep post route and I think Trey Burton's definitely one who can utilize his route running and is able to um, also run a nice post route to get behind behind that se- secondary. So John Johnson is one of the, the matchups. And for me, it was kind of hard to get a read on Akeem Tlaib just because he only played 26 snaps last week against the Lions. But for him was Troy Hill. 
a guy that almost actually had an interception on Matthew Stafford. So it's actually the other Nickelback that I'm looking at. And ironically, his name is Nickel Roby Coleman. So uh, I would target him. I saw when the Lions would stack their receivers in trips formation, uh, he would get confused as to how to play it exactly. Receiver runs a simple out route, just really late to recognize that route because of the, the stacked receivers and is just not able to maneuver through them, through the traffic. So that would be a guy that I would want to target. And look, Marcus Peters, Yes, we all know the name, but he really hasn't been having that good of a season. Only two interceptions on the season, and he's a guy that likes to play with his emotions on his sleeve. So if you can get in his head, and I think Anthony Miller is a guy that likes to talk. He's a guy that likes to talk. I think that's where you can maybe exploit him because remember the matchup with the New Orleans Saints early in the year? He got torched. And again, that's Michael Thomas. But if you can get in Marcus Peters' head, I think you have a chance. All right, so let me kind of go through this because he hit on a lot of good points. I just want to follow up some things. Now, Trey Burton talked about him. Uh, having a potential, you know, matchup here that's in his favor. And I agree. And I really want to see him kind of get going because he's been a non-factor for quite some time now in this offense. Only one touchdown in his last six games. He's only topped 39 yards once in that same exact time span. So uh, like you mentioned, the Rams are a little susceptible to giving up some uh, plays and scores to tight end. So let's just see exactly how Trey Burton can get involved. And with Trubisky coming back, Hopefully that's a boost for him because we do need him to become more acclimated in this offense than we've seen over the last maybe month and a half. And then Marcus Peters, you hit on it. He is not the same guy. Only the two interceptions, um, but additionally, he's allowing a 126 pass rating when targeted this season. Uh, this the, probably the biggest reason why he is the most targeted player at the entire Rams secondary. He's allowed six touchdowns and a completion percentage of 70.5%. So Marcus Peters is someone that the Bears can definitely go after on that defense. But Brandon, over to you. Any matchups that you're paying attention to? Yeah, I was going to say uh, Marcus Pierce as well because you guys touching all the points. So I'm not going to highlight it again, but he, he's struggling. So I think that's one that we can definitely take advantage of there. Uh, and I'm also inter- interested to see how and where Tariq Cohen, you know, gets used and who matches up against him because he pretty much willed uh, the, uh, um, the Bears offense last week in the second half to be able to score those points uh, to take it to overtime. Uh, he had almost 200 all-purpose yards for the whole game. So, spoiler alert, he's going to come up again later for me. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how Sean McVay and Wade Phillips handle our our wild card player here because sometimes defenses can figure it out and other times that they can't. So, I'm interested to see what they drop and what matchup he draws because against the linebacker, he's going to win all day long. Uh, but if he gets stuck on a nickel guy, then you're going to be a little bit closer speed for speed-wise. Well, Brandon, I can tell you just from watching the tape from last week, Theo Riddick was their running back for the Lions, and they they what they did really well, and the Bears should copy this blueprint. They would motion out their running back at the very last second. That forced one of those inside linebackers to cover him, whether it was Mark Barron, number 26, or 58, Corey Littleton, no chance. There's no chance any of those two inside linebackers can guard Tariq Cohen, especially on slant routes. They're just not very good in coverage. You can go look at their PFF. Uh, coverage grade don't like to use that a lot but just watching the tape it really does reflect how they play though there was this one point just watching Littleton number 58 he was shrugging his shoulders because all game he was just giving up play after play it wasn't like the Jordan shrug like you can't stop me it was like this shrug, <laughs> like what the hell do I do that's what this this matchup if Sean McVay and that defense they don't adapt and put maybe a DB on Tree Cohen huge day is gonna you know happen for him but that's how they played it last week. They had their linebackers cover the running backs um, in the slot or wherever they were at. But And Theo Riddick was able to exploit that matchup. Hopefully that happens for the Bears and Tariq Cohen. 
Absolutely. Tariq Cohen, he's had 19 catches in his last two games. And additionally, the Rams, like you mentioned, Nick, they struggle to really contain running backs as receivers, those types of guys. Um, they've allowed a running back to catch a receiving touchdown in three of their last four games. So Tariq Cohen's a perfect you know, supplement to that here for our offense. And you talked about Littleton, uh, and I have some stats here to kind of back up what you're saying here. Um, he allows 103.5 pass rating when targeted and over 520 yards so far this season just by himself. He's the most targeted linebacker on the team. So if we can find a way to get a one-on-one matchup, Tariq Cohen versus Corey Littleton, that should be uh, obviously a huge you know, boost in our favor. Uh, so for me, that's well, I one I have circled as well. Yeah, and I wouldn't even think there has to be a Tariq Cohen match. We can get Jordan Howard out there on him as well. I mean, he's not as not as quick, but he's got better hands receiving-wise as we've seen you know, this year. So maybe that's another matchup that we can utilize Jordan Howard in a better well, I don't want to say a better way, but a more efficient way for him. Uh, try and get him more involved. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Jordan Howard, let's go ahead and just move on into this Bears rushing attack because, uh, Brandon, you said it. Get him a little bit more involved. Use him a little bit more effectively. Those are things we've been clamoring for all season long. And even though last week he put up his third most yards on the ground, 76, um, a huge chunk of which came in the very first half. And the Rams' defense as a whole, they give up about 119 rushing yards per game and 5.1 yards per carry. So even though they have an Adonikin Sue, they have an Aaron Donald up front, um, teams have been able to establish their line of scrimmage and uh, you know the run game as well against that defense. So uh, what about you, B? Do you have any expectations on uh, what the Bears can do on the ground? I asked Nick this last week. We kind of just <laughs> were at a pass because we had no idea really what to expect week in, week out from this aspect of our offense. Yeah, especially after last week when, like you said, Jordan Howard had 76 yards. We had 65 of them in the first half, and then they just went away from it. Uh, so I, my expectations are none because they just can't stay committed to it for whatever reason. So I don't, I don't know why, uh, whenever, you know, he's got the hot hand, keeping the hot hand, uh, he was turning out pretty good, pretty good runs. I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, <laughs> my expectations are like nil. I don't, I don't really know. I don't think anybody does, which is a good thing in a way, because even other defenses don't know what to expect, but also a bad thing uh, because we left a lot of, opportunities on the table. But what about you, Nick? Do you have any expectations or any keys to success for the Bears on the ground? Uh, keys to success, uh, I just noticed in the game versus the Lions last week, uh, Detroit had success when running uh, to the edge, bouncing things outside. And that was even with LeGarrette Blunt, who's not known for you know being that elusive back, but he made some cuts similar to what Jordan Howard did against the Giants, showing that vision and you know taking a different route, bouncing outside. According to PFF, the Lions had 55 yards and eight rushing attempts when they ran outside the left tackle and outside the tight end to the left side. So um, maybe that's an area where the Bears can definitely exploit, just maybe get that running game going. Because like we said off season, we don't we don't really know what to expect from the running game. But when you're trying to go, you know, drive for drive with a Rams team that scores what around 35 points per game, you're going to need everybody to be involved. And it'd be great if the running game was a part of that this week. No doubt. Now, over the last three games, the Rams' defense, uh, they've been pretty stout on third down, only allowing offenses to convert on 29% of third downs, and that's pretty stifling. Now, that's also good for the third best in the league over that time span. And last week, I don't need to remind you guys, but the Bears struggled mightily on third down, only converted on 13% of their third downs against the Giants. So a much tougher test this week 
against the Rams. I'm curious to see with Trubisky's return, if they can kind of get those third down numbers uh, back up to par where they were earlier this season. Now, again, um, it's, you know, it's fair that uh, it's uh, third down efficiency is taking a dive uh, with a backup quarterback, but with Trubisky coming back, we need to have higher expectations and the bears need to have higher expectations as well. Um, and now I, and on top of this, the Rams, they're allowing conversions on less than one third of attempts over the last three games. That's pretty damn good. So, this is going to be a big component because, Nick, you mentioned the Rams score a bunch of points, and we haven't talked about our defense yet, which we're going to get to here in the second half of our show. But the Bears' offense still needs to show up and be able to sustain drives, and a lot of that is going to hinder on whether or not that they can succeed on third down. How can the Bears do it this week? You know, that that's a good question because this, this is going to be an interesting matchup, and it all depends on how they're able to block Aaron Donald. But let's say they can take care of that side, at least for, you know, uh, a good majority of the game, which is tough in itself, but it's Matt Nagy's done a great job all season with getting people open just with his schemes and just stacking receivers on top of each other, running these complex routes. So it, I think where the, the Rams really hurt is in their coverage. Like we just talked about the linebackers. They are incapable of covering the, the running backs. Some of these DBs, they're still questionable. Akeem Tlaib, other than last week playing those 26 snaps, his last game was week three. We still don't know what he, he's got in, in the tank. So I think Matt Nagy just needs to keep doing what he's doing. And now he gets his quarterback back. Chase Daniel was not making some of the right decisions last week. And that's why those third down numbers reflected to what they were. So I think just getting Trubisky really does help this Bears offense stay on the field, uh, take shots. And look, the Rams right now, they're tied for the fifth most explosive plays given up in the league. And the Bears are tied for 10th with the most explosive plays. So maybe that's a game, a part of the game where they can really exploit that matchup. As long as you you give Trubisky just a little bit enough time, move the pocket if you have to, he, maybe we can get one of those explosive plays going on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. They've given up, the Rams have given up 69 of those explosive plays, and the Bears as an offense have had 60 so far this year. So for the Bears to be aggressive, take those deep shots, they have, should have plenty of opportunities to have some of these express, uh, these chunk plays, uh, which will, of course, shorten the field, which going up against a very strong third down defense, avoiding third down and getting bigger chunks to move down the field is going to be a great way to kind of not steal some points, but find a way to make it a little bit easier um, than just a traditional kind of march down the field, uh, dink and dunk it. You need to find a way to get some chunk plays. Uh, what about you, Bees? Is there anything else in your notes about either the Bears offense, Rams defense that you want to bring up here? Uh, just to add to the third down conversation, uh, I'm just going to try and say avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good way. I mean... The, the classic school book answer is going to be get at the third and short. Uh, and we just know that that's not always possible in all these situations, especially when you're going up with a front line like the Rams with uh, Nadam Kinsu and also with an Aaron Donald. Uh, so I would say if we get to, to third medium, third long situations, you have to try and attack the middle of the field because I think that's where the weaknesses are, whether it's with Trey Burton or Adam Shaheen or Tariq Cohen or Jordan Howard or Allen Robinson on slant routes. I think that's the area of the field that you have to attack to have success on third down to be able to at least get it close to a fourth and manageable given the, the situation in the game if he goes forward or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, the one last thing I wanted to bring up here is about the Rams red zone defense because they rank 23rd in the league. Um, offenses can score touchdowns roughly about 60% of their trips against the Rams and uh, they're not super stout down there. And the Bears, they have scored... Uh, on 79% of their red zone trips at home this year, and that's third best in the NFL. So the Bears' ability or not to execute in the red zone, to me, it's going to be key because when you have a, a potent offense on the other sideline waiting 
um, that can put up points in a blink of an eye. You really can't leave too many points on the table. So if the Bears can find it, uh, find their way inside the 20, they need to find a way to execute and turn those drives into touchdowns and not settle for field goal attempts because too many times if you settle for field goals against the Rams, that's going to come back to bite you because uh, that's not the formula to beat the Rams. You need to be able, be able to put up touchdowns, big points, because they're going to find a way to do the same exact thing to you. Um, so what about you, Nick? Anything else? Uh, just some last-second uh, stats here from NFL matchup. Uh, for the Rams and their defense, and no surprise here, Aaron Donald has the highest percentage of disrupted dropbacks, which is uh, on passing downs with a sack, interception, pass batter, defended, 3.6, most in the league. We do have a Chicago Bear on that list, and we'll get to that on the defense. And then a stat for the offense, the Bears are the number two uh, team in the league with the least percentage of drops, with only 2.3%. Of course, the Rams are number one. Mm-hmm. Yep, they are. And I also know the player on your list, too, but I won't pull a Brandon. I won't do a spoiler <laughs> alert here. And I'll let you have your moment here in just a little while. But it's time to find out who has the edge this week. And this is going to be um, a very interesting one because even though uh, the Rams, uh, they're known for being a very you know complete team on both sides of the ball, I do think the Bears do have some advantages here against their defense. So, Nick, you're right back up. You're first. I have you having the Bears passing attack versus that Rams secondary. I'm going to take the Bears passing attack. I don't think this Rams secondary is as good as uh, advertised, especially when you see the names out there. I don't think it's as good. They haven't been playing at, um, you know, as good of football as you would have expected coming into the season because you saw what they got, all the acquisitions. You're like, oh, that's a super team. And it is. But those, the especially the corners, have, one, not been healthy and not met up to the expectations that I think Rams fans were expecting. And with the Bears and how Matt Nagy has been running his system, I think there are definitely areas where they can exploit it. And like we just talked about, the linebackers in the corners, uh, the deep middle of the field on those post routes, the Bears can definitely exploit some matchups, and I expect them to come Sunday night. All right, and Brandon, over to you. You have probably the toughest one, uh, maybe in terms of what the Bears can do here, but the Bears passing uh, protection versus that Rams pass rush. Uh, does anyone have a coin to flip? I do have a coin. Remember, I was tell- talking about uh, about the coin <laughs> right. on the last podcast, but uh, uh, you know what? It, Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. I'm I'm confident in them. I'm confident in Cody Whitehair being able to call out the right uh, protections uh, as far as scheme wise. What needs to happen? Who's going where? I think he's got the ability to point not really well, but boy, going up against Aaron Donald. I mean. It's kind of like what they're probably thinking going up against Cleo Mack the same way, you know. But uh, they've also gotten Domkinsu, who also doesn't have doesn't have quite the sack numbers that he used to have, but he's still a force that you got to think about. Um, and it's really got to be up to James Daniels and uh, Brian Wetzman to step up a little bit here. I'm going to give it to the Bears' offensive line by like a, a slight little little nugget because I I think that they can do it, uh, but they're going to need some help. Uh, getting Aaron Donald, you know, at least slowed down some. I think that Matt Nagy will have a scheme drawn up for that, moving the pocket some, wear him out, some screen passes, things of that nature to help out. Uh, but, I mean, I don't have him in this advantage by much. Yeah, I'm actually surprised he actually went in the Bears' favor there because of an Aaron Donald, that effect, and how, you know, just crucial that's going to be because this is a week where – uh, you, me, Nick, everyone listening, uh, Bears fans worldwide, we miss Kyle Long. We wish we had 75 out there this yes. week. To, you know, that would give us our best chance against Aaron Donald. Now, of course, uh, we don't, and it's next man up, and that's Brian Witzman. And he's been struggling. Um, there's really no way to sugarcoat it. Nick, if you're not watching here on YouTube, uh, Nick's down here in my corner uh, shaking his head uh, vigorously. Uh, no, because he's <laughs> a fearing this matchup just as much as I. 
Um, but moving on, I have the Bears ground game versus the Rams run defense. And I can't believe I've actually to say this. We have to bring out the broom here because, again, the Rams Whoa. run defense, they're not that good. They give up over five yards per carry. And like Nick said, LeGarrette Blunt was finding success against them. And we saw a little bit last week against the Giants, the Bears finding a way to utilize Jordan Howard. And, they, yes, that was in the first half. It didn't really carry over to the second um, that's a little bit out of our control. And I think even out of Jordan Howard's control, I'm sure he would love to get a few more carries in the second half of games. But when the bears stick to it, like they did in the first half, I think they can establish the run here again. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo smart base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The Rams, which that would be a very key component because if you can do that, you can slow down that pass rush just a little bit. And Aaron Donald, even though he's a great pass rusher, he's not that, he's not as good of a run stopper as he is a pass rusher. He's still a very, very good run stopper but he's not as good as at that as he is getting after quarterback. So for me, uh, the Bears will have a, a slight edge here, um, but the Rams defense that allows over five yards per carry. Uh, don't forget Trubisky's back, so you have to also add him to this mix as well. Uh, I don't know if he's still up there as like the second or uh, leading rushing quarterback this year after the two weeks missed, but I know before he left, uh, he was up there with Cam Newton. So for me, uh, the Bears get the edge here as well. All right, guys, so before we move on, we have one last thing to do about this Bears offense, and that's going to decide who's going to be our Week 14 X-Factors for this side of the ball. And Brandon, you're up first. Yep, uh, here comes a spoiler alert that I mentioned earlier. It's going to be Tariq Cohen because, like I said, he brought the Bears offense back to life in the second half because it wasn't Chase Daniels. I mean, like I said earlier, he had almost 200 all-purpose yards, and he even threw for a touchdown, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so I think he gets relied on early to help uh, Mitch get his feet back, uh, get some get the ball moving some because we know how much of a playmaker he is when he's got the ball in his hands. And I think that's really going to help uh, get some confidence in Mitch feet, get the ball to the right guy. And I think that right guy is Tariq Cohen in this one. I think we can say that about a lot of Tariq Cohen plays. Oh, that was pretty cool. All right. And <laughs> the time he touches the ball, that can come out one way or another. Um, what about you, Nick? Who's going to be your X Factor this week for the Bears offense? Yeah, I'm going to have to join you, Brandon. I have Tariq Cohen as well. There's just nobody on that Rams defense that can guard him. I, I mean, when it's, especially when he's looking at how, um, you know, they played just last week against the Lions and what they had to do with their shifty running back at Theo Riddick, they couldn't, they couldn't guard him. They just couldn't. And there's no way that you're going to be able to guard Tariq Cohen, who's coming off one of his best games receiving, his best game receiving against the Giants last week. I think Nagy is going to exploit this matchup. And if Sean, Mc, you know, this Rams team doesn't rebound, counterattack it with maybe putting even a DB on him, Tariq Cohen's going to be open all day and just going to run run wild. And that's what we that's what we want. So Tariq Cohen's going to be my X factor in this one. Get the ball in Tariq Cohen's hands as much as possible on Sunday night because I think gr- good things are going to happen. All right. See, I'm taking this a little bit different. I have two more on my list, and I might mention both. I don't know. We'll see how I kind of go about when I go through this. I think the biggest X factor for the Bears' offense is the interior of the offensive line. Yeah. Yep. W- one yep. way or another. If they struggle, the offense is going to struggle as a result. There's no way – if Brian Wisman, uh, Cody Whitehair, and then, of course, James Daniels, if all three of them have a poor day, 
we're in trouble. There's going to be no chance for this Bears offense to do much of anything. Trubisky's not going to have any time to allow plays to develop. He, even though he can you know, buy some extra time with his mobility, it's not going to be able to be an effective way to beat this Rams defense. So for me, I'm going to have to give the X factor to the interior offensive line because we're going to live or die by how well that they can limit Aaron Donald. And again, I'm saying limit because you're not going to stop him. Find a way to limit his impact, mitigate the damage, and then if you can do that at least as well as you know, humanly possible, that's the best way the Bears are going to have any chance of winning this game. But if they just let him have a field day for the first to final snap, win at the line of scrimmage, get in Trubisky's grill, rattle him, uh, someone who's coming back with potentially a little bit of rust after seeing for a couple weeks, that's a recipe for disaster. And secondly, Trubisky is another X factor, coming back, bringing new energy, home game, primetime matchup. Uh, his energy, I think, too, is going to be a very big X factor for this Bears offense as a whole as well. What's third treat going? He actually was. So fun fact. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've reached the midway point of our show. Now, real quick, before we switch our focus to the Bears defense uh, and their tall order, again, slowing down that Rams high-flying offense, I just want to let you know that I noticed earlier today that we're four reviews away on iTunes and Apple Podcasts from 350. And I would love to get there before this game kicks off. So if you haven't yet and you like our show and appreciate the time that we put in week in, week out, all year long, not just the season, but all all year long, uh, please help us out by rating our show because it really would have mean a lot uh, for all of us. And worst case scenario, uh, Nick did have a birthday on Monday, so maybe you can make it a birthday gift for Nick. I'll take it. I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas, let's get back down to business. And it's time to talk about that I'm calling this a big-time boxing match this week, and that's the Bears-Stout defense versus the Rams-Potent offense because this is, honestly, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this matchup for this reason because uh, these are two you know units at the on top of the NFL right now, Bears defense, Rams offense, and I can't wait to see how it's going to shake out because the Bears enter the game fourth in yards and points allowed, and the Rams bring into town an offense that's second in yards and points scored. Now, Nick... Again, this offense, they have strength any way you want to slice it. And like I already mentioned, it is your birthday week. So I wanted to begin this conversation um, with your choice. So it's Nick's choice. You want to start with Goff, Gurley, the battles in the trenches, the battles in the secondary. Where do you want to go? I'm prepared Ooh. either way. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think there's a big matchup that uh, is going to happen in the trenches that's going to determine this game on both sides of the ball. So let's start with the trenches, Will. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the trenches here and the Bears defense versus Ram offense. It's going to be a slugfest in every dimension, and I do believe that the battles in the trenches is going to go ahead and be perhaps the premier one because I'm calling it actually this week a war in the trenches because it's such a pivotal matchup. Uh, the Rams have a very strong offensive line. Uh, they've only given up a few sacks this year. Uh, when you Actually, when you take away the ones that are credited to Jared Goff, uh, they've given up only 11 sacks through 12 games. And additionally, as a unit, they've only allowed, on average, roughly about 10 pressures per game. So obviously, this is going to be a very tough test for the Bears defense, as we've expressed. Um, of course, getting pressure on Trubisky is huge, but any quarterback. And I think that's also going to be the same with Jared Goff this week on Sunday night. Uh, and I think the Bears have the talent to get it done. Um, so Nick, since you did choose this one, usually we go to Mr. Trenches. I'm going to defer over to you. Uh, what's going to be that big-time matchup to watch? Yes, everyone needs to be watching the right side of the offensive line for the Rams versus Akeem Hicks and Leonard Floyd. And the main guy in particular is their right guard, Austin Blythe. Seventh round, and of course, I look up where he went to school, went to Iowa. But he is going to be the key guy. Seventh round draft pick, because when I was watching the tape against what he did against Detroit, which wasn't much, because he played awful. It's like Witzman for the Bears. This is their Witzman. 
He's going to be the liability. This is the guy that you need to attack every single down. If you have to switch Floyd and put him on the other side to get Mac over there, do it. This is the side of the offensive line that the Bears need to exploit. Look, Hicks has power, can utilize the swim move, uh, utilize the stone with Floyd. These are all things that uh, Austin Blythe struggled with against Detroit. And look, they don't have the best front seven in the league, but he did not look well at all. So I think when, in terms of trying to get to golf, this is going to be the best opportunity for the Bears. And I think with Akeem Hicks lining up there, being Sunday night, seeing that the Rams are the best team in the NFC, he's going to be amped up. And we already know Akeem Hicks is amped up 100% of the time. It's just going to be intensified even more. But this is the matchup right here that the Bears must win if they want to be able to disrupt this offense in Jared Goff. Austin Blythe, Akeem Hicks, that's going to be the matchup. And I think Hicks can win that more times than not. Yeah, you talked about Hicks and the energy that he brings and he plays with week in, week out. And honestly, on primetime too, you see that energy level even get raised a little bit. Uh, the last time we were in primetime against the Vikings, he was a menace. He had five pressures, uh, two quarterback hits and five tackles that went for zero or negative yards. And speaking of those uh, stops there, of uh, tackles for zero or negative yards, he's had 15 of those plays in his last three games. So Keem Hicks is starting to elevate his play here at the perfect time of the season. And I agree, Nick, uh, how well he can go up and fare against Blythe is going to be a key component to the Bears' success on defense. Now over to Mr. Trenches. Uh, what other battles should we be paying attention to up front? I just want to say that I'm really going to enjoy this. Uh, just throwing that one out there. Uh, it doesn't match up anyway. Because like I said, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a lot of good technique things. Uh, got a very experienced Rams offensive line against, and you guys already talked about the energy that Keem Hicks brings. Eddie Goldman's another very solid player. And we can see what the rookies really have. Well, not the rookies, but the, the younger guys, Roy Roberts Harris and Roy Robertson Harris, excuse me, and John Bullard, or even if they show up, because we've seen flashes from both those guys. So I think actually those guys are going to be a little bit more important because we know that they're going to be watching Cleo Mack. Obviously, they're they're the Bears Aaron Donald, you know, per se. They know what, what Cleo Mack's going to bring. Uh, I mentioned uh, you guys already talked about Akeem Hicks. I talked about Akeem Hicks last night on the other podcast that I was on, so that's why I was bringing that one up. Um, and Leonard Floyd as well, because uh, we've seen him seen Akeem and Leonard use those stunt moves uh, to their advantage very, very well. So that's something else I'm going to be watching for. But I'm really curious to see how Ray Robertson Harris uh, and John Bullard match up against these experienced tackles. Uh, can they uh, really power their way through like they have uh, some other times uh, in the past? One that I can think of is when the announcer mistook Ray Robertson Harris as Cleo Mack because he just moved his tack the, the tackle he was up against one hand. I think it was against the Giants, actually. Uh, so can he bring that power and continue to bring that energy the type of disruptiveness that we've seen uh, in the first few weeks of the season, because since then he's really been been quiet. So I want to see him be able to step up again because he's, you know, a big part of the, the defensive line when he's in there and playing at that high level. Mm -hmm, exactly. And another one, too, and I know it's, it's going to be a tough one um, for both sides, honestly. This is going to be the slugfest up there, and it's going to be Cleo Mack versus Andrew Whitworth. Um, even though Whitworth is a, you know, a long-time really great tackle in this league, he has – Struggled at times this season. He has actually given up a team-high 28 pressures and four sacks this year. And, of course, all eyes are always on Khalil Mack. Uh, us watching the game, I'm sure the Bears on the sidelines as well. And, of course, the Rams, all eyes are going to be on Khalil Mack. So how well uh, he can fare against Andrew Whitworth is going to be a, you know, a lar go a large way in deciding this game's outcome. Um, I think this one is you're going to see both guys win at times. Um, but Khalil Mack being as... You know, influential as he is, and additionally, as of course, um, you know, his abilities are. I anticipate him winning a few of these as well. And on, on top of that, we talked about Eddie Goldman. 
Uh, I think I really do like his matchup against her center, John Sullivan, because uh, Goldman, like Hicks, has been uh, stepping up his game over the last month or so. And I expect a lot of pressure up the middle um, from him that would go a long way to slowing down to Jared Goff. So if the Bears also want to stop Gurley, Eddie Goldman, how well he can uh, you know anchor down the middle of this defense is going to, of course, help us as well. So his matchup against John Sullivan is one to watch. All right, so going down to my notes here, uh, next up, this is a little bit out of my order, but not terribly. Uh, we're going to go ahead and look at the Rams rushing attack, otherwise known as the Todd Gurley Show. Uh, this running back, he leaves the NFL in rushing yards with 1,175. He averages five yards per carry, and uh, rushing his rushing touchdowns of 15 also leaves the NFL. Now, of course, he's going up against the Bears defense that enters this week. Um, ranking second in the league, only allowing 85.8 yards allowed on the ground per game, and they've given up the fewest rushing touchdowns on the year with four. However, last week, and you guys talked about in the postgame show, uh, we did allow Barkley to kind of go off a little bit. Um, that ended up for a little bit of missed tackling, um, but he went over 120 yards on the ground uh, against our defense last week, and of course, one of those runs was very critical in overtime. So a two-parter here to kind of kick this off, and Nick, I'm going to go to you first. A- how can the Bears limit Gurley? And B, uh, what's your confidence of them actually doing so? Yeah, so how they can limit Gurley, and a big thing that's been happening all season long with the Bears, and you mentioned it, Will, was just missed tackles. And that happened in that Lions game with Gurley where Lions defenders were around him, just didn't wrap up. He ends up making a big gain. You can't have that, but that's been something that the Bears have been giving up all season long. So it's going to be about just the fundamentals of wrapping up and securing the tackle. And also with the Rams, it's so hard that the reason why Gurley's having the season that he is is because the Rams can also pass on you at any moment. So being balanced is tough for, for those edge rushers, especially well, should, do they commit to the pass rush or do they stay in their gap for the possibility of Gurley coming that way? So that's also what makes it difficult, but it's all about filling the holes, just being disciplined with your gap integrity. Those are going to be very important come you know, just when you have an elite running back like Todd Gurley, who has like all the stats that Will was just talking about, that's going to create a challenge. But I think the Bears are up for it. They can definitely do it. It's more so where I want to see them finish is in that second half. They usually can do some pretty good things against running backs and, you know, just offense in general in that first half. But it's in the second half of games where they really need to hunker down, just finish. They haven't done that at times this season. So that's where I'll be watching to see if this Bears defense can just, you know, maybe take the running game out of the, the equation for the Rams, which is tough when you have a good running back. But that's going to you have to do everything that I was just talking about in order to do that. It's a tall task, but I think the Bears defense is up for it. Absolutely, because with their zone scheme, uh, you mentioned gap integrity. That's going to be. Um, key in this one and that's going to be especially with the inside linebackers because if they shoot the wrong gap get out of position that's going to allow Gurley to reach the second level and once he does he's been you know able to just break tackles left and right and gain extra yards um, he actually does have over 600 yards after contact this year so obviously a very tough back to bring now and need to wrap up um, what about you Brandon anything here you want to mention about uh, the challenges that Todd Gurley is going to present I think it's uh, being aggressive in the run game. Uh, I mean, the gap integrity is really important for the defensive linemen. So it's important for the, the linebackers to sprint in there and make a play. Uh, because if he's picking up two, three yards every carry, then so be it. I mean, Todd Gurley is going to do Todd Gurley things. But if you can really limit the home run plays, the fireworks, uh, then that's really, I think, a big key to not letting him get going. If he picks up two, three yards on every run, and so be it. But don't allow the, the 10, 15 yarders, you know. So that's where the gap integrity comes in uh, for the defensive lineman holding that gap. 
then the linebackers doing the things that uh, Will Ingles likes to blast uh, Nick Kukowski for not doing is attacking those gaps and making the play in the backfield. So if the if the linebackers can find a way to get back there and blow it up as soon as they possibly can, then I think that's a really good way to, to limit it. Don't try and do this containment thing like we've seen with Barkley on that 20-yarder at the end of the half or whatever that was. Uh, just, go and, just go and make the play. Be aggressive about it. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And now, you know what? Before uh, you go, Will, I, look, Todd Gurley's not just a great runner. He's a, he also has 46 receptions on the year, 61 targets. So that's going to be a lot on Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan. And just from what I was watching the tape last week against the Lions, just quick little out routes, five yards right there. That's going to be on Roquan Smith just relying on his instincts to kind of, look, you can jump that route if you believe in your safety over top of you just in case that guy runs a wheel route. So it's going to be those instincts, those quick reactions, which Roquan does have, but we've seen him at times be a step behind. Look, Todd Gurley is a great running back, and he could definitely run these routes. So that's just another thing, another element that you got to watch out for with Todd Gurley. I'm going to be interested to see if Roquan is a step behind, which like you've mentioned, we've seen a few times this year. how does his closing speed compare to a girly? Can he still close to limit some of those? So if he lets Gurley catch the ball and turn up field, can he still chase him down in a reasonable amount of time? Because if you can do that, then I would feel confident in that matchup overall. But if he's unable to close and he's a step behind, allowing some of these underneath catches, then yeah, we're going to be in a little bit of trouble there. And for our listeners who are saying, guys, there's really no way to stop Todd Gurley. And I agree that's a very tough task. It's, it's been done. Uh, he's been held under 70 yards in the ground four times this season. And that's gone against defenses that aren't nearly as talented as ours. So why can't we do it? I mean, we're going to be at home. You have the Soldier Field turf, which is notorious at this time of year for being a little bit sloppy, cold weather. And if the Bears execute like we know they can, they should be able to limit his impact on the ground. But if the issues, and we've talked about them, if they kind of come back, rear their ugly head yet again, uh, Gurley, he's, he has the ability and capability, and he'll have the touches to go ahead and make us pay. So it's we have to give it our all to slow him down, but it has been done, and the Bears, I think, have the talent to go ahead and do it. And one last key component when it comes to Gurley, and I tweeted this out, um, it's going to be inside of the red zone because all 15 of his rushing touchdowns have came inside the 20. And he also leads the Rams in red zone targets through the year of 16, and he's tied for a team-high four red zone receptions. So all 19 of his total touchdowns this season have came inside the 20. So I can't stress this enough. You know, once you're inside the 20, pay attention to Todd Gurley because he's been, you know, pretty much their motor down there. Uh, So if the Bears can contain him down there, uh, then he is their most effective weapon in the condensed field. That would be a huge key. And I'll go ahead and pull a Brandon spoiler alert here for that being one of my keys to the game here coming up on Saturday's podcast. But go ahead, guys. I want to transition over here to, of course, uh, Jared Goff because he was the offseason roommate of Mitchell Trubisky, and he's been putting together a very marvelous season, fourth in the league in passing yards, sixth in passing touchdowns with 27, and his 9.1 yards per attempt is the second overall in the entire NFL. Um, He did struggle a little bit last week coming off his bye against Detroit, um, but I think we all know that he's looking to improve upon that and recover a little bit this week. 
Um, but he is going to have a tough task against the Bears defense that allows the 11th fewest yards per game at 232 through the year and also the NFL's lowest passer rating against at 78.5. So again, uh, like this entire Rams team, Goff himself is going to present multiple challenges for our defense. Um, he's efficient and he has the ability to make some very tough throws. Nick, I want to know what recipe should Vic Fangio kind of put together here to kind of keep the Rams quarterback in check? Well, the big thing with Jared Goff, he's a pure pocket passer. He will stay stand in the pocket, wait for his guys to get open, and deliver a strike in a very accurate ball most times. The thing is, like any other quarterback, if you can get pressure up the middle at times, Jared Goff will struggle and even lose the football. We, we've seen that uh, against the Detroit Lions two weeks prior, uh, prior to the Kansas City Chiefs on primetime football on Monday night. He's capable of doing that. And even back to, you know, rookie season, that was a big thing with Goff. Uh, the other thing that Vic Fangio needs to be aware of, this entire defense, is play action. The Rams are number one in play action frequency. And in terms, they have 177 snaps at 10.6 yards per pass attempt. And Jared Goff is the seventh best QB when uh, when utilizing play action. So, look, they utilize it a lot, and Jared Goff is able to hit his targets when they do. So Vic Fangio, that defense, need to be aware, need to know where their assignments are at and be in position and not get faked on these, these play action plays because the Rams will utilize it a lot, and Goff has been able to exploit it when defenses are able to get – faked out and uh you know wherever the coverage may be so that's going to be a huge huge part of this bears defense um because if they can't guard that i don't know how you're going to stop jared goff and all the weapons that they have yeah uh 37.4 percent of all the throws that goff has had this season have came after a play fake so this kind of goes back to todd Gurley. if we can find a way to limit him as much as possible as much as humanly possible then uh we can perhaps mitigate a little bit of the impact that this play action is going to have. But if we struggle against Gurley, the play action is the perfect supplement. There's a reason why they do it so often. It's been so effective. It's because they have Todd Gurley and you have to honor him. Even if he isn't really getting things going, you still have to honor that. But for the Bears to remain disciplined and not bite on those is going to be uh, crucial uh, for the success or the detriment for this Bears defense this week. Uh, what about you, B? Anything else about Jared Goff that you want to mention? I think this is a situation where I am definitely okay with uh, the corners playing back off the line of scrimmage. As much as I've griped about that in the past, uh, this is one where they can, if they step up and play the run on a on a play fake, uh, they're not being uh, torched too bad. I guess I don't want to I don't want to say torched because it's not going to happen. Uh, but I I think that uh, this is a situation where we're definitely okay with uh, Kyle Fuller and Prince Mukwara playing back off the line of scrimmage a little bit. You allow these guys to have a free release. Uh, but that helps eliminate some play fake things. Uh, they're they're going to keep the play in front of them, and even if they they bite on it a tad bit, uh, there's still some time uh, for a full recovery to catch up to their guy on the route. So uh, I think this is one where I won't pull my hair out necessarily if uh, Vic Fangio tells his guys to play back a little bit. Good stuff there. And we talked about the Bears and their potential to get some pressure this week and how. Uh, you know, critical that can be, but with golf being as good as he is, um, there are, he still has the ability to uh, slide and maneuver in that pocket, avoid the rush. And he even has like the wherewithal to reset his feet before his relief, his release, which is a big reason why uh, he's been able to be so accurate this season, uh, even while under pressure. And I have a fun stat that I want to share here. And I found it on uh, windy city gridiron. So credit to, you know, our good friends over there. Um, Jared Goff has played one game and a temperature below freezing. And that was this year, week six at Denver. And the stat line was uh, 
50% completion percentage. Uh, he was 14 of 28 for 200 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and he was sacked five times. And it was his worst statistical game of the entire season. So Jared Goff in cold weather may not be uh, you know, a good combination for the Rams. And additionally, uh, there is a really stark difference between the Jared Goff you see at home and on the road. Um, on the road, he's averaging less than 100 yards, uh, 100 yards less per game. It drops from 352 at home down to 248 on the road. Um, he has only two interceptions thrown at home. He's thrown five on the road. And on top of that, his touchdowns are cut in half too. 18 at home, nine on the road. And a quarterback rating drops from 124 at home to only a 92.8 while on the road. So for the Bears, uh, keeping, and this goes to you guys listening at home if you're attending this game, uh, be loud, be vocal, and be of a disruptive force here uh, for that Rams offense because they have not been the same on the road that they usually are at home. So it's going to be a big key here as well, and hopefully that can kind of continue this week here at Soldier Field. All right, so a big reason why the Rams offense has been so successful is the abundance of playmakers. We've already talked about two, uh, Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, and we haven't really even talked about the receivers yet. They have two wideouts, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, that are at about 1,000 yards apiece. Um, and we've already talked about Gurley as a factor here that we must consider. And the Bears here, we have a talented secondary and just like the rest of these matchups, I'm personally excited to see how well they can stack up with this group. But Nick, over to you first. Same question as pretty much every group here, but uh, which matchups are you paying attention to? Oh, man. I'm, look, when you think about the Rams and the pass catch that they have, Brandon Cooks and you have you have Robert Woods. I mean, these there's a lot of guys, but I think Cooks is going to be uh, the matchup I'm looking at. And whatever side he lines up, whether it's a Mukamara or Kyle Fuller, because what these wide receivers have done so well all season is that they're able to break these DBs cushion. And once that happens, a DB, for any DB on any uh, any NFL team, once that happens, it's almost it's over with. Done and over with right then and there because Cooks has elite speed, but he also is a great route runner. So for these DBs, I'm definitely going to be watching for that matchup between Kyle Fuller or Prince of Mukamara and Brandon Cooks, but they need to be constantly moving their feet. If they their cement just kind of waiting for the, the wide receiver to come to them, it's over and done with. Jared Goff's going to, you know, just pitch and catch. It, it, any, any, that goes for any DB. But especially in this matchup, because they have the speed and the route running to back it up, this is not a matchup where you can have a little bit of a, a, a mishap, especially with your footwork. So uh, those are just some of the matchups I'll be watching. But it's all going to come down to the fundamentals. And you already mentioned it, Will, with the Soldier Field turf. Maybe they're not able to make that cut that normally would on, you know, back in uh, in Los Angeles for the Rams uh, wide receivers. So that can definitely play a factor in this one. Now, we talked about Todd Gurley a little bit, and I just want to mention that he does average 10.3 yards per catch this season. And obviously he's used a lot as a receiver. Um, but I want to talk about the Bears linebackers real quick in coverage because they haven't been in particularly too great this year. Um, in fact, if you want to add up both Trevathan and Roquan Smith, Nick, just this year alone, how many yards after the catch have they allowed combined? If you just had to ballpark it, if you had to guess. Oh, man, I'm probably going to be way off. Uh, yards after the catch for both of them combined, we'll go with 250. So your stomach's going to drop when I tell you it's 650? It did. I was, was going to say like 500, <laughs> but I'm like, that's that's way too high. But 650, man, that is yeah. a lot. Roquan a little bit over 300 and Danny Trevathan about 350. So it's been, I know a lot of Trevathans was earlier than the season, but yeah, between both of them, that's, it's absurd really. And I mean, that's a big reason why we see a lot of these busted coverages or these underneath routes getting, you know, bigger chunks than they should be. So 
allowing less of those is going to be key, but these two inside linebackers have struggled. And it goes back to these screen games because that's what, how they're going to get Gurley the ball a lot as well as in these screens, which is just another uh, you know outlet for their running game. So for the Bears to be able to attack that downhill, take appropriate angles to um, you know avoid some of these blockers downfield is going to be crucial because if they take the wrong angles and they get sucked into these blocks, Gurley has the vision, the patience, the speed, uh, the athletic ability. I mean, all the combination that you can come up with here uh, to be super effective with blockers in space. And there's a big reason why he's averaging 10.3 yards per catch. Uh, so that's just going to be a big one that I'm paying attention to is uh, Todd Gurley versus both of our linebackers, both as a pure receiver and also in the screen game as well. What about you, B? Do you have any that uh, tickle your fancy? <laughs> Wasn't expecting that transition. Um, I was I was going to say Robert Woods and, and Kyle Fuller because Kyle Fuller is the Bears' best corner uh, against a very good uh, route runner and very good uh, guy at the line as far as getting off uh, line if they decide to try and jam him. So that's a, an interesting matchup. But I was also looking at the tight end uh, because I was looking at the linebackers as well because I didn't have the stat for the yards after the catch, uh, which is just amazing, which makes me a little bit more scared when I see that they're, they're tight end. He doesn't have a whole lot of yards. Uh, Tyler Higbee, I think he's only got 19 receptions for like 217 yards or something like that. But the the fact that they give up so many yards after the catch is just another reason to be scared of a tight end, I guess. Uh, they do a, I mean, they do a pretty good job of limiting what tight ends do in a game anyway. Uh, but just something to look at uh, in the red zone then, because he's got two touchdowns on the air. I would assume they're both in the red zone. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting. The inside linebacker thing has gotten a little bit more nervous. So I'm going to be looking at the tight ends and Todd Gurley a little bit more. Uh, we know that Roquan's been a step late, as we talked about earlier, uh, in in coverage as well. And I mean, Danny Trevathan, he's good on the screen. So if they're going to throw screens, hopefully it's the Danny Trevathan side, um, uh, just for the Bears' favor there. Um, but I'm I'm really looking at Tyler Higby against these inside linebackers a little bit more now. Just I mean, he's not all that productive, uh, but we got to be able to limit as many guys as we can. And I think that one-on-one matchups, especially uh, Kyle Fuller on on Robert Woods, is one that can really be limited. Bears did a good job of uh, taking out Odell last week. Uh, so I think they'll be able to take out another prime wide receiver here, whether it is Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods. I think they'll be able to take one of them out of the equation. Uh, but there's going to have to be someone else that steps up that's unexpected. And I'm kind of looking at Tyler Higby here, just the matchups against the inside linebackers like we talked about. Yeah, Robert Woods, I'm looking at him both against you know Kyle Fuller. But when they bring in Josh Reynolds, which, again, someone who I don't think the Bears should sleep on whatsoever, someone who I was high um, on coming out of the draft a couple of seasons ago, a big lengthy wideout who has the speed and ability to win those 50-50 balls. Um, when he's out there, then you see Woods kind of move into the slot. So then you're looking at Bryce Callahan in coverage there. So how well Bryce Callahan can kind of cover Woods is going to be uh, key as well because Woods has at least 67 yards in 10 straight games. So for us, finding a way to limit that is going to be huge. And I, I don't know if there's a way to truly do so. Um, he's been highly effective. He gets a ton of targets thrown his way. Um, but still, um, finding a way to limit the damage is going to be key. And we talked about the yards after catch allowed by the linebackers. And the Rams as an offense, they have, um, as a unit, the sixth most yards after the catch on the season. And a lot of them do come from receivers. And the Bears, their corners, their safeties, do a great job of limiting yards after catch. Um, so if the Bears can continue that, uh, keep their efforts in terms of limiting the yards after the catch, then uh, that should go a long way to helping the Bears defense get off the field here on Sunday night. All right, guys, I, we just talked a lot about both sides of the ball here. But uh, real quick, um, anything else on the Bears defense or Rams offense that we should know heading into this game, Nick? So there's there's a couple of stats from NFL matchup. Uh, look, the Rams offense is 
great. They've been great all season, but the third best in third and long uh, situations, uh, the six. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Best in third and medium. There's just so many things that this Rams uh, offense does well. But a thing that I want to look out for, especially in this matchup, and it happened last week against the Giants, um, there was just some mental breakdowns with this Bears defense. You have any of those against the Rams, that's seven points easy. Um, you think of the Odell Beckham play uh, where he's passing it or where he's just wide open. And that was another thing, the, another thing for this Bears defense. They lined up late a few times. And when that happened, think about that goal line play to Odell Beckham. That Bears defense is kind of scrambling, not knowing who to cover. Bam, Odell Beckham scores a touchdown. So you have any of that happen against the Rams, you're going to be down 7, 14, 21 real quick. So Bears, Vic Fangio need to get that situated. Hopefully, um, you know, just with practice this week, they have. Because, like I said, any mishaps against this Rams offense, you're, you're going to be down a bunch of points. What about you, B? Anything else you want to add here? Are you ready to move on to the edge? Uh, just one quick thing. In basketball, they like to say games are – typically won and lost in the first five minutes and the last five minutes. But I think with in this game uh, for the defense, it's going to be one in the first two possessions and the last two possessions. They have to be able to set tone early and they have to be able to close the game out. This is a very, very potent offense. And as long as they can set the tone early, I think it's going to do a lot. As we've seen throughout the, the course of the year, they can play well throughout the first three quarters, uh, but they've got to be able to close the game out. And this is an opportunity for them to do it on a national stage. And we can try and, uh, go and get after that too. So I think there's still some work to do, even if we beat the Rams and there's some things outside of the bears control, but I think uh, for the most part, if they can really uh, shut them down early and then shut them down late, we're going to be in real good shape. Good stuff there. All right. Now it's time to find out who has the edge here and let's go ahead and go to Brandon first. I'm going to give you the Bears secondary versus the Rams passing attack. Uh, again, does anyone have a coin? Uh, I think you're giving me all the hard ones here. I'm, I'm again, I'm picking the Bears uh, in this one. They're secondary. We've seen the secondary step up in situations where there's multiple threats on the field. Uh, and I mean, Sean McVay is not an idiot. He's got a, a very good scheme. He's, he's obviously done a scouting report. He gave the whole Bears scouting report in less than a minute, I think, on a press conference that I've seen. Uh, but I, I like the experienced guy in this one. I like Vic Fangio and what he's going to drop as well. Uh, Kyle Fuller, he's got six interceptions on the year. Eddie Jackson, again, just having a, another great year. And if they, they sleep on one of the, the pass rushers, I, I think that it all works in in, uh, in the Bears' favor for the Bears' secondary to really win this one. So I've got the, the Bears' secondary over the, the Rams' passing attack. All right, and Nick, over to you. Bears' run defense, Rams' ground game, Todd Gurley. That's a, another battle and a half yeah another battle and a half is right but i'm just looking at how the bears run defense has played the last two weeks it hasn't been particularly good and that was against the Lions and Legarrette blunt then you have saquon barkley an elite running back and now you get todd Gurley, who has 15 touchdowns on the season i'm going to have to give it to todd Gurley and uh this rams rushing attack look this offense is doing great things for a reason and i know the bears defense is great but uh they haven't shown that they can stop the run in the past two weeks now you get a better offense. Uh, I, I have to give it to them for that reason. All right, which leaves the Bears' pass rush versus that Rams' offensive line. And, guys, how many sacks did the Bears have last week against Eli? 
Not enough. I know that's <laughs> for true. Uh, I don't. Uh, not enough. And uh, like Nick, you mentioned, their run defense has kind of taken a dip, and so has that pass rush lately. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, with the Rams' offensive line, that's like I said, only given up. If you take away the sacks credited to Goff, only twelve sacks in like eleven game. Oh no, yeah, twelve sacks in twelve games or something like that. It's only about one per game, and that's very tough. And I know the Bears have a very talented pass rush, but it's still very inconsistent. And when a Rams offense has as many playmakers as they have, it's going to be difficult to send anyone extra in on some of these blitzes because then you're going to leave some vulnerabilities in the back end of this defense. So if the Bears need to stick with running four, rushing four, then uh, they're going to have a tough task. If Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks uh, ball out like we know they can, then yeah, the Bears can find a way to get a little bit of damage done. And I think Detroit did that fairly well last week, but I think the Rams now another week off of the bye, a primetime game, and they've had a few of these bigger matchups this year, they're going to come to play. So I'm going to give the edge here to the Rams offensive line, unfortunately. Um, I don't think this, I think this might be the first time we've gone against the pass rush all season on this preview show. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, real quickly, I know we're a little late on time, which I'm fine with. We're having a good time here talking about a very important game this season, but it's fine, time to find out. Who's going to be our X factors on defense? And Brandon, since I let you go ahead and begin with the offense, Nick, he gets to go here first. All right, I'll take the easy one. Look, it's prime time Sunday night. There's going to be two defensive MVP caliber candidates on the field. Khalil Mack's going to be the X factor in this one. He needs to make one of those plays that just changes the the tide of the game, the momentum. And I think he's capable of doing that, especially on you know the biggest stage against the best opponent uh, in the NFC right now. Yeah, arguably the best opponent right now. Khalil Mack is going to be the X factor. How he plays will determine if the Bears can win. Good stuff there. I'm going to go with the inside linebackers, both Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, which is interesting because I went with uh, two interior offensive linemen here for my uh, offensive X factors. And now here on defense, I'm going to go with the two inside linebackers. Uh, But just how well Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan on any any given play can contain Todd Gurley, um, either as a runner or as a receiver coming on the backfield is going to really make or break this Bears defense because if they allow Gurley to go off in any of these capabilities, uh, then the Bears' defense is going to suffer as a result because we already talked about how effective and how often the Rams use play action. Uh, so if you can find a way to shut down Gurley, limit the play action abilities from that offense, then the, I trust that in the secondary, the Bears should have the matchups, the playmakers in one-on-one situations should be able to win uh, more times than not. But if we allow Todd Gurley to just to go off on us and have to focus in, key in on him, then the Rams, that's when they can kind of start looking elsewhere, and they've had a lot of success doing so this season. So uh, those two are going to be my X-Factor, um, a combined X-Factor here for the Bears defense, which leaves Brandon. Who do you got? I want to take Kyle Fuller because I, I think as long as he can shut down one of the weapons on one of the sidelines, I mean, Jared Goff's not going to throw his way. He knows he's, he's got other weapons, and that really limits uh, what he can do. I mean, he's like I say, he's got other weapons, uh, but he's either going to look to Prince of Mukamara's side or somewhere over the middle. He's not going to look to uh, the strong side uh, where Kyle Fuller's at. So as long as he can shut down his guy, uh, that really limits what Jared Goff can do and can really limit what he does on the road where he struggles already. So I've got Kyle Fuller. All right, great stuff, guys. It's time to kind of transition now to the final portion of our show, which usually begins with a quick hit on special teams. So Brandon, Nick, anything on special teams that you want to make sure to bring up? Uh, I will say this, JoJo Natson, I think number 19, their punt returner, fast, very, very fast. He's fifth, fifth in the league right now in punt return yards. Uh, the Bears need to make sure that this isn't a huge factor in the game. You already got to deal with the Rams offense. You don't want 
a, a punt return touchdown. That already puts you in the whole seven points or anything like that. Field position. You don't give the Rams a shorter field to work with. They can score from anywhere on the field. So don't let the punt return game be a huge factor in this one. Absolutely. Like you just mentioned, it, as much as, you know, anytime you allow special teams to score a touchdown, that's huge and that's critical to any game. But field position, if the Bears can find a way when they have to punt this ball to pin the Rams as deep as possible, that's huge. Because if you allow a return or if O'Donnell shanks a punt and you give the Rams anything less than 60 yards to go, it's going to be a loss with this offense. So you need to at least have them inside our, you know, the opposing 40, or else it's going to be a cakewalk for them, even against our Bears defense that we know can get offenses off the field in a hurry. It's going to be very tough for them to do it this week against the Rams. How about you, B? False. Let the punt game be a big deal as long as it's in the Bears' favor. Uh, I like what uh, what they did last week. Uh, I, I know Nick liked it too because we talked about it on the postgame show a little bit. Uh, was putting two guys on the Gunners. Uh, that opened up some some running lanes for Tree Cohen. I want to see him continue to do that. Let's try and get uh, special teams on, on a positive uh, note instead of some of the negatives that we've seen uh, a, few, a few weeks ago. Wait, Nick, they actually did that? They did. I was so excited. And they showed uh, <laughs> replays of it. They were showing how a gunner is just, it's obvious. I think it's the worst job in the NFL right now. If you had to be like, do one job, you just get beat up on every play. And look, the Bears are number one in punt return yards. So uh, keep doing that. Tariq Cohen's going to get some open lanes. Have the special teams be a factor in the Bears' favor as opposed to being something that <laughs> they have to, you know, come back against. That would be great. Interesting. Apparently, Chris Tabor is a fan of the show, and he's a fan of Nick, who's been clamoring all season long for it. <laughs> I know, he's I like, you know what, you. Mr. Moriano, I'll give you this one week. We'll see what happens. We'll just try it. See Nick, the special teams you. work? And then offensively, like I said, just line up 40 yards <laughs> in the backfield. Aaron Donald can't get you. Give me my check. That's all I'm asking. You'll, I'll, I'll give you'll you get my your head. check from special teams before the offense, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, so for me, real quick, uh, Rams aren't that effective when they have to kick field goals of 40-plus. Only five of nine from that range, which you know they haven't had to settle for many of those this season yeah. due to finding the red zone consistently over five trips per game. Uh, on top of that, with such a potent offense, they don't have to punt a lot. Second fewest punts in the league with 32. That's less than three per game. And only nine returns against them. So even though Tariq Cohen does lead uh, the NFL in punt return yards, uh he might not get a ton of chances, uh, only nine returns against, and the Rams are only allowing 7.6 yards per return on average on those nine returns. All right, guys, it's time to hand out our week 14 predictions, and let's go ahead and begin like we always do and begin with our bold prediction, and let's go ahead and start with Brandon. <laughs> All right, so my bold prediction is the first play of the game is going to be a 35-yard pass to Tariq Cohen on a wheel route up the right sideline out of the Rhino formation. That's highly specific. Well, I, we were talking on Twitter. We were, right. <laughs> we were talking on so Twitter. Nick, I had to find a plug for it somewhere. I figured the bold prediction go. was a good perfect. spot for it. Very specific. Man, if they run that, I'm going to be really jealous because you know, <laughs> it's spot on with the analysis and prediction. That's, that'd be great. What about you, Nick? Uh, my bold prediction for 35 this game. 35-yard wheel route to the left-hand side? <laughs> Will, I didn't share my notes, but apparently I didn't know. Uh, my bold prediction for this game, two forced fumbles are returned for touchdowns uh, for the Bears defense. Don't know who forces them, but it's going to happen. Jared Goff has shown at times that he can get a little uh, he can get a little loose with the football. 
and it ends up on the ground. So I think this is going to be a prime opportunity for that to happen. So two forced fumbles, return for touchdowns in this one. I like it a lot. My bold prediction is actually with the Bears pass rush as well, because even though I didn't give them the edge, which I feel very like wrong and dirty about doing so, actually, now that I've had it soaking me for about five minutes, um, I have Jared Goff getting sacked for a season high six times here on Sunday night. That would be my bold prediction for this week. All right, now it's time to find out who's going to be our MVB predictions. And Nick, I'm curious, you're going to go offense or defense? Uh, I have to go defense for this one just because of what uh, is on the other side of the ball, that Rams offense. And look, my X Factor is Khalil Mack. MVB is going to be Khalil Mack. This is what we brought him here for. He's the highest defensive, highest paid defensive player in the league. And look, I think when you have another high caliber defensive player on the other team, that just kind of makes you want to play that much better to prove, hey, I got this money for a reason. I'm the highest paid guy, but he needs to be the MVB in order for the Bears to win. Just when, look, both Aaron Donald and Cleo Mack are going to make great plays in this game. Who's going to make that last one that maybe turns the tides and puts the, the win in their favor? So I have to put it, give it to Cleo Mack to be the MVB. All right. What about you, B? Uh, we've talked about how much he's he struggled in coverage and he's got a tall task with Todd Gurley. I'm going with Roquan Smith because he's had a very quiet, productive season in here in the national spotlight against a guy like Todd Gurley, who's a uh, obviously a very, 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 very good running back. Uh, he's going to have his work cut out for him, but I think uh, that he can be a, a game changer in this one if he's on his game and he's a, he's hyped up and he's ready to go. I think he's uh, can show can show the nation what kind of linebacker he actually is. I think he makes a, a very bigger difference in this one than some people are going to realize. So I have Roquan. All right. I like that both of you guys went defense because A, I went offense, and B, <laughs> in order to win, we do need some people to step up. I say step up, but I mean, I know players do step up in this defense each week, but against the Rams, we do need to have some very strong performances from our playmakers on defense. But just in case they struggle, we need a little bit of help from this Bears offense. And I think that it would be perfect if Mitchell Trubisky comes back and ends up being our MVB, sparks the offense, leads multiple scoring drives. Everything is back to normal because right before his injury, things were really starting to click here with him in this offense. So uh, Nagy gets his quarterback back. Uh, he's able to be a little bit more aggressive, take some of these downfield shots that the Rams are prone to give up. Uh, so some of these big time plays, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited to see the energy, the juice that Trubisky is going to bring to the table. And imagine if it goes a little haywire and ends up going to a shootout and the Bears have to hang around with a Jared Goff-led Rams and it's Trubisky kind of leading the charge, having a score in the final drive to win this game and it ends up happening. Now, maybe that's not the exact situation we all want to watch happen. I'm sure we would rather have to breathe easy um, later in that game, but I think Trubisky is going to go a long way or not for us winning this. Um, his performance can dictate our success or you know failure on offense. So for me, when it's all said and done, he comes back, he knocks off the rust real quick. Um, I don't even know if he's going to have rust because people are saying, oh, he might be a little rusty. Okay. Well, was he rusty against Green Bay in that first half after not having to play in the third preseason game, having like three weeks off? No, he came out and played pretty lights out. So I'm anticipating the same here, uh, despite coming back from a injury on his throwing shoulder. But for me, uh, Trubisky is going to come out and prove why he's the franchise guy and the reason why he's the man leading the charge here for the Bears offense. So he'll be the MVP. You have my word. All right, guys. Time to predict the final score. And just to recap the standings here, Brandon uh, walked in. Uh, I'm going to say butt backwards because we're on the podcast and it's a 10-2 record here. Uh, last week he wasn't on a preview. Nick and I thought it'd be a fun game to give him the Giants, and well, jokes on us. Brandon now leads here, ten and two. Nick, you're second and nine and three. Now I'm officially last by myself here at eight and four. Uh, so Brandon, since you are the lead dog, you get to go first. 
All right. Uh, this one's going to be a defensive slobber knocker, as I was trying to figure out a way to put that word in. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. As well as trying to tell me what exactly it meant. Uh, I remember from the WWE days, but I just couldn't quite put a put a you know put my finger on what it actually meant. Uh, I, I don't like the high scoring games. I don't think we're going to see a fifty four to fifty one like we did a couple weeks ago on the Monday Nighter with the Rams. I have uh, the Bears winning this one twenty six to twenty four. Oh, you'll see why I said that in a moment. Nick, you're up. <laughs> uh, so I, man. This is tough. I don't want to pick it. I'm not picking against the Bears. How can I do that on Sunday night? It's going to be 31-28 Bears. Look, if the Bears can hold the, the Rams to 28, which is, you know, not not less than their average what they're scoring each and every game, that'd be fantastic. They're going to have to do that in order to win. Uh, and then if it goes to a shootout, no way. I don't think the Bears can um, go blow for blow with the Rams just because of what they're doing this season. So 31-28 Bears. I like it a lot. Uh, for me... I mean, I've, I've been high on this game regardless, um, you know, of the week with, I don't know, some people are just, you know, negative and many people. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? Like, we just lost one game with a backup quarterback. This, the end of the world is not here. We're a very good football team. Uh, we've proven a lot this year, and I expect them to kind of do the same this week. I'm not going against the Bears. I have them winning here 27 to 24. Uh, only Ooh. one point. I know. I told you. There's a reason why I made that noise. So, uh, all three of us have them by winning by three points or less, which I think is very telling of exactly how close we anticipate this game being. Uh, and I think it's going to be a very close game when it's all said and done. Uh, be a little wary, though. I know Jerry Goff has, I think I saw today, a uh, fourth, fourth quarter comeback so far this season and four game winning drives. So uh, he's been able to do it this year. So if the Bears are going to be in a close one like this, Hopefully we can kind of have the game flow go in our favor and we have the last possession instead of having to be in Goff's hands. All right, guys. And the last thing we need to do, like we do every week, hand out our confidence meter and, of course, our final thoughts heading into the game, which is, I guess is usually more your final thoughts because I do bring up the keys later on in the week, but that's okay. Uh, Brandon, you're up first. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, this is really just going to be, I think, a very classic matchup. Uh, Bears number one defense against the Rams, number one offense. I'm I'm really looking forward to that, as I think a lot of other people are. Uh, let's not sleep on the other on the other side as well. The Bears offense against the Rams defense. It's uh, kind of a middle of the road Rams defense, I guess. And and the Bears are slightly above that. They average about 28, 29 points a game. So, so I think that they will be able to put up points in this one, be able to compete if it does come into a, a barn burner. So I, you know, like I said, I hope it doesn't. Uh, with that being said, I think uh, the confidence meter for me is going to be somewhere hovering around a, a four and three quarters to a five. I mean, this one's going to be close from from the very beginning to the final whistle. Man, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I, it's really just a, a coin flip, as I think the, my theme has been throughout the whole night. <laughs> yes, it has. How about you, Nick? How confident are you in your thirty-one twenty-eight prediction? Yeah, um, not very. I'm going to give it. Uh, you know, uh, man. 
I'm gonna give it a five right now. I don't it, look this. This goes to because these are these are two good football teams. That's what it really is, and it could go either way depending on what you know the course of the game, how it goes, and th- that's like every game. But I'm gonna give it a five. Either one of these teams can win, and honestly, I think a big matchup for both sides is how those right guards play, Witzman and Austin Blythe. If they cannot guard their respective MVP candidates on the other side, or you know Akeem Hicks for the Bears then I think that's going to be a huge factor. Pressure up the middle is huge, and it can go either way with this one. I just hope it's – I think – I know it's going to be close. Now, hopefully the Bears can be on the other side, the winning side of this. That would be great just because, one, it proves that the Bears, you know, there's still skeptics out there that they're not a good football team. Beating the Rams on the national stage, that would prove that. So I hope the Bears can come out and just honestly punch the Rams in the mouth from the very beginning and then learn how to close. This defense needs to learn how to close. And if you can close against one of the best offense in the league, imagine the confidence moving forward. So it's going to be a great matchup and one that we've all been waiting for. Cannot wait. Exactly. Well, before your, for your final thought, that's a nice transition, but I interrupted you. Nick and I were talking about this last night and he said, punch him in the mouth early. And I've been on the coin flip thing. Uh, so if the bears uh, win the toss, would you rather them defer would you rather them get the ball and score early first and punch them in the mouth early? Ooh, Just curious. That's a and great remember the question. Bears are good at you know opening drive touchdowns, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I don't even know what to do anymore. I, think <laughs> I still, I still win with kick. I still defer, and then you can start the second half off. But it could go either way. I take the ball. Uh, the Bears have not scored often after the halftime. Uh, we've seen that in the past. So for me, I would start with the ball. I would do the punch, and I understand Nick. I'm on the fence. I would probably. In another lifetime, defer as well because <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you get the Bears defense out there against that offense, it shows you, A, I'm not afraid of you. Let's, let's go. Let's bring it. And it also gives the Bears defense the opportunity to actually punch the Rams in the mouth because I don't know if it's the Bears offense that needs to do it as much as the Bears defense against that Rams offense that needs to really set the tone. True. Uh, yeah. well, well, we'll see if they win the toss <laughs> and what actually ends up happening. <laughs> and then we'll see what the outcome is. Simple as that. I'm just going to hit end show now. How about that? <laughs> Bye, guys. I, I have to give out my confidence here. You were at like a, yes. what, a four and a half, five, Brandon? Uh, I said four and three quarter, five. Four. So, yeah. Okay. And then, Nick, you're at about a five. I'm going to go six. I'm going to okay. go at a six. Um, Bears are at home. Uh, that's going to help. They play much better in home than they have so far in the road this season. And on top of that, uh, again, I think I've mentioned this a few times. It's worth saying one last time. Uh, the energy that Trubisky brings should not be undervalued whatsoever. I know he's going to really provide a spark for this offense, a much-needed spark. Um, even though they put up points without him, uh, you know they have much more confidence in their abilities with him under center, and I think that's going to give them a little bit more of an edge. The Rams' defense, they've allowed over 440 yards four times this season, and they've allowed 30 points or more five times this season. So the Bears' offense, if they show up, they should be able to find success. And on the flip side, for the Bears' defense, if they can limit their offense as well, the Rams' offense, they just need to remain disciplined, tackle well, uh, don't blow any coverages, don't give them any gimmies, make them earn each and every yard, and things should go okay. Look what the, the, what the Dallas Cowboys did against the Saints just a week ago. And a good defense took care of a good offense. I believe the Bears defense is much more talented than that Cowboys defense. So there's no reason why the Bears defense can't show up just the way the Cowboys did if they come out with the same attitude that we're going to shut you down from the get-go. So for me, uh, the home field advantage, Nick just threw here in the chat, the Bears are 5-1 and one at home this year. Uh, big reason is, of course, 
the Bears having a great home field atmosphere yet again. So the fourth phase, if you're listening, better show up this week because we're going to need you. Um, but again, I really think the Bears can stack up well against the Rams defense and vice versa. I think our Bears defense, even though they're going up against a very talented offense, we've seen it in the NFL. There's a reason why the saying is defense wins championships. And I think if the Bears want to prove that you know mentality this week, they have a great opportunity to do so on a primetime game against a great opponent and prove not just to the NFC North, like, hey, we're here, we're not gonna take, you know, we're not taking any steps backwards, but to the entire NFC saying, Good luck if you have to see us in the playoffs, and the entire NFL will be on notice as well. So this is the game to do it. It's the reason why we circled it all year long. And even though the Bears dropped one against uh, an inferior team last week, a more reason to have a sour taster in the mouth, find a way to get rid of it this week against the Rams. Take care of of business at home. So for me, I'm at a six, but I'm very confident that the Bears, if they come out with the right attitude, can really get the job done at home. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. I want to thank you all here watching live, and of course, everyone who's listening to this podcast around the entire globe, no matter where you are and how you consume your show. Well, our show. Well, it is your show. Hopefully, we're a show for you. Um, we do appreciate each and every one of you. Up next, Will Ingles is going to go ahead and go over his five matchups of the week. And I'm going to follow that up. Of course, my three keys that are going to unlock a Bears victory. Uh, I think I've already spoiled one, but that's okay. There's going to be two more for you. But until then, again, hopefully you enjoy the show. And of course, bear down, Chicago. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.